Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. James chapter 5 verses 9, 10, 11, and 12. Warning, mercy and compassion ahead. And honestly, I couldn't survive without it. You know, James gives two clear but unrelated warnings to his dispersed friends. Warning number one, grumbling will not be tolerated and will be judged. Warning number two, promising with your fingers crossed will not protect you from judgment. Let's examine both warnings. Do not grumble against one another. What do you picture when you think about a grouchy, grumpy, grumbling old grandpa? Actually, it could be a bit funny to watch until you realize some of the root causes for such impatience, griping, and complaining. A griping, complaining heart is the opposite of a joyful, thankful heart. Life is hard at times, and some of our displeasure is understandable. But the act of complaining is simply a banana peel on our path waiting for us to slip into sin. Every complaint is an indirect accusation against God for what he is allowing in our lives. I wonder if our tune would change if we realized that Jesus himself, the true and omniscient judge who knows what we do and why we do it, was sitting at the complaint department window waiting to hear what we think is unfair or unjust in our lives. You know, the phrase, the judge is standing at the door. It's appointed unto men once to die, and after that, the judgment. This comes from James 5, 9, Hebrews 9, 27. In other words, we are either one breath or one twinkle of an eye away from seeing our eternal judge face to face. Does that fill your heart with joyful anticipation or fearful apprehension? Don't fear and don't forget, as we struggle keeping at bay our impatient, grumbling hearts, someday we will enter into the presence of a patient, forgiving, understanding, loving Heavenly Father. Amen and amen. As difficult as life sometimes feels, take a minute and consider your situation in comparison with some of our Old Testament friends like Daniel and Jeremiah, or even John the Baptist and our friend Job. Too many Christians today whine and complain over inconveniences, slights, and minor afflictions. What will they do when they must stand firm in the face of severe persecution or acute physical suffering? So, for instance, Daniel from Daniel 6. Here's what he says. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords, that the purpose... Uh, concerning Daniel might not be changed. Daniel was thrown into a lion's den, okay, as an old guy. Then Jeremiah 38, verse 6, Then took they Jeremiah and cast him into the dungeon of Malachi, the son of Hamelech, that was in uh, the court of the prison. And they let down Jeremiah with cords. And in the dungeon there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. Come on, Jeremiah. Uh, they tie ropes under his arm and drop him into this pit, into the mud. What do we have to complain about? How about John the Baptist in Matthew 14? But when Herod's birthday was celebrated and the daughter Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod, therefore he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. So she, having been prompted by her mother, said, Give me John the Baptist's head on a platter. And the king was sorry, nevertheless, because of the oath and because of those who sat with him. He commanded it to be given her. So he sent and had John beheaded in prison. And his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl 
She brought it to her mother. Then the disciples came and took away the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. So sad what John went through because of his love for God. Then, of course, we know of Job. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord and how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. We, of course, know that Job trusted God and blessed his name in the midst of heart-shattering loss. But we also know that God trusted Job. Yes, God trusted Job and to the point he permitted Satan to do whatever he desired to get Job to turn against God. Job never did. God knew that. I've often wondered if God trusts me in the same way. Right now, this very moment, they are enjoying fellowship with the Lord and their cruel mistreatment is only a memory. Yeah, I'm talking about Jeremiah and Daniel, John the Baptist and Job. Like the apostles of Acts, after being beaten, they walked away rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for Jesus's name. Now, James' second warning really does not have any specific connection with the first, but it's still a warning that both Jesus and James wanted to leave with those listening. We know that James was impacted by Jesus, both what he saw and what uh, he heard. I, it did. It stuck with him. Here we are, a number of years after Jesus stepped on a cloud and went up into heaven in the presence of his close friends. And James is remembering both Jesus's example as a half-brother and his unforgettable teaching from what we call the Sermon on the Mount. You see, Jesus said, but I say unto you, James writes, above all, my brother. Jesus said, do not swear at all. James writes, swear not. Jesus said, either by heaven, James writes, not by heaven. Jesus said, or by earth, James writes, or by earth. Jesus said, or by Jerusalem, James writes, or by anything else. Jesus said, let your yes or your yea be yea, your yes be yes. James writes, let your yes be yes. Jesus said, let your no be no. James writes, let your no be no. Jesus said, whatever is more than these comes from the evil one. James writes, lest you fall into condemnation. It's fun to compare Matthew 5, 34 through 37 and James 5, 12, okay? Now, both Jesus and James were warning about swearing, taking an oath, or let me put it this way making a promise with your fingers crossed behind your back. The religious leaders, in their simple attempt to escape judgment or condemnation for breaking an oath, fashionably designed some, quote, non-binding oaths. They knew they could not use the name of Jehovah God to back up their oaths and promises, so they replaced God's name with heaven or with earth or anything else that sounded good. Knowing that they had no intentions of keeping the oath or the promise, they were making promises with their fingers crossed behind their backs. In their venture to look good in the eyes of men, they forgot that they could not escape the eyes of God, who could see what they were doing and what they were hiding behind their backs. We will all kneel before eternal, all-knowing, all-powerful judge. We do not need to wonder or guess how fair our judge is. He not only knows what we have done, but why we have done what we have done. If our works have been to please God and not self, we will not suffer loss. When I remind myself of God's compassion and mercy offered to me, oh, I have to hope. Remember, it is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Lord, great, great is your faithfulness. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all your mercy and all your compassion that you freely give. Thank you for being patient with all of us. Hey guys, our time is up. 
But remember, today is the day the Lord made. Let's rejoice. Let's be glad in it. And I hope that you have a good day.